welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Matt Haller. And Nicole Casper is our guest today. She is the founder and host of What the Fintech Podcast. And here's the deal. She is a mover and shaker in this space. Not only does she have substantial amount of journalistic experience, but she's a super smart, super cool person who's going to drop some big time knowledge on everybody. So Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to drop some big time knowledge. And that might be one of my uh, my favorite intros of the podcast I've done so far. So thank you. Well, nothing for you to live up to there, Nicole, at all. I didn't oversell you. But I really want to know, so, so you have a background in journalism. Uh, what made you make the switch and, and to create this, this fintech news juggernaut that you're in the process of building? Yeah, so what the fintech is a news, uh, complete news source for all things fintech, especially when you are super focused on innovation and inclusion. The reason I did it is because fintech is really lacking when it comes to journalists and content creators that share news insights and analysis from a female perspective. Of course, there's plenty of women journalists, but old traditional ways of storytelling leave journalists with little autonomy to cover the stories that they truly believe in or the stories that they think will really make an impact. And that's definitely been my experience uh, as a corporate finance reporter over the last five years. So that's really why I wanted to do things differently. I wanted the freedom to be my own content officer, to have the final say in what stories make the cut. And those stories do largely focus on women, people of color, and overall just diverse and dope leaders that are truly innovating fintech, like I said, with inclusion and just a broader perspective in mind. As one of the old white guys in the industry, uh, we seem to have dominated uh, it for a long time, and it's about time for us to go ahead and step aside. How are you finding more and more people for the content that you want to create? We've been very, I shouldn't say blessed, but we've been very lucky on the show. Uh, we had a concerted effort in 2021 uh, to make it so that all of our shows were representative of our greater population. So that meant 51% of our shows should have women on there. Uh, and one of the things that we ran into, and I'm really actually looking for advice here, Nicole, is when we would approach women who are thought leadership, thought leaders in our industry, there seemed to be a little bit of a confidence issue and they would say things like that. I really don't know what, you know, do what I have to say. Is, is it really that important? Have you run into that? And if so, can you tell me how to overcome that so that I can get their voices out in the marketplace a little bit more successfully? Yeah, absolutely. And it really is about intentional inclusion. And that would be my biggest piece of advice. I do make it an effort to have my podcast because it is in my newsletter. It is for everyone. So I want it to be representative of the population, right? So that means 
you know, 50, 60% women, if we want to go a little over just for fun, uh, with women, and then uh, also having um, a larger representation of diverse speakers, because that actually is what is the dominant force of the population, which is kind of funny how we had such a disparity. But anyways, um, but what to do in this um, environment. So yes, women inherently have um, a bit more of a difficult relationship with things like imposter syndrome. And I know yeah. I feel that all the time. And it actually is something I ask my podcast guests to elaborate on. I ask them for their real examples for how do they overcome things like imposter syndrome. So I would say literally just addressing it and saying, hey, you know, I understand that you may feel, you know, uncomfortable sharing your story, but let them know that by sharing their story, they have the opportunity to influence another woman to share theirs and another and another and another. And that is what, you know, what the FinTech is. That's what any podcast platform that wants to help elevate female voices and leaders should do. So, um, and this, even in my past experiences working as like a content producer on female focused podcasts before with the FinTech, I had plenty of women be like, but my story is not that interesting. Meanwhile, they're like the CEO of like the, one of the biggest <laughs> yeah, financial institutions. I know. And I'm like, what do you mean your story is not interesting? Yeah. So I say, you know what? Why don't you tell me your story? And on like a prep call, I have them tell me their story and then I'm taking notes and I pinpoint parts of the story that are mad interesting. And I, t I kind of elaborate on it with them and I just like warm them up. It gives them like that confidence. And I say, hey, like I relate to this as a woman in this industry. I can relate to that. I think this will resonate great with an audience. So just really working with them on it and having them share the story anyway, like almost making them come out of their comfort zone and then um, commenting on it and finding the pinpoints that are interesting and having them elaborate on that so that they feel like extra confident. You said something that uh, I wasn't planning on asking you, but I just love how you positioned this. It's the idea of imposter syndrome. And I was recently talking to a friend of mine who's, who's a little bit older than me. And he said, you know, Matt, it was always very interesting to me when I was, you know, in my twenties, uh, I didn't ever feel like I had imposter syndrome because I felt like I knew everything. Uh, and then <laughs> now in my fifties, I feel like I don't know what the heck I'm doing at all times. Um, but when you really look at, um, how to overcome that. I want to make sure that the audience hears that because so many of us who work with everybody, right, need to keep that empowerment component in mind that when you have that resistance of, well, my story might not be that great, my situation might not be that unique as a financial services professional, or if you're trying to get your content marketing out, Elevating those stories creates amazing content, which is what your major focus is. So let's talk a little bit about how you have um, grown your audience by empowering these people to come on the show uh, and really give great information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's really about uh, letting the guests know that think about how many women are out there that will potentially listen to this podcast and say, hey, there's an aspect of her personal story that really resonates with me. Because everyone is different. Everyone has different experiences. Everyone has different, um, you know, diverse aspects of their life, whether it's their skin color, their gender, or where they come from. So if you're authentic and share that story, then there's you just open up the opportunities for people to actually resonate with that story and then follow you and love your story and want to keep listening, right? And then get encouraged to share their own. So that's really what I bring with even my own audience building and my content. So I've had to really learn how to shed the old, you know, uh, suit and tie journalist skin 
uh, yeah. which my founders really helped my founders at Workweek, the new media company I'm with, really helped me um, come to terms with. So when I first started what the fintech, I remember being like, oh no, I'm a journalist. I, I have to be, you know, uh, I have to be one way or I have to be kind of very professional. And they were like, but people really want to hear what you have to say. And I was like, mm, okay, I'll give it a try. And when I did do that, like, whoosh, like I now I have almost 4,000 subscribers on a newsletter that has launched in November, like that has been around for what, two months. So um, yeah, it's, it's super exciting. I have like some of the top guests in FinTech that a lot of that is, um, you know, uh, is outbound, like people are inbound. People like come to me for, uh, to be a part of the podcast. So that's amazing. Um, just from me being authentic. So I really do share my own personal stories. And when, um, I first started, it felt scary. I felt crazy vulnerable to this day. I see like profiles that someone did on me or a podcast I did. And I go, did I say that like on the, on the record? And I kind of am like, well, <laughs> my founders told me to do it. So, um, yeah, it's really just about being super like crazy authentic and knowing that, um, you know, publish not perfect. It's no one's perfect and no one wants you to be perfect when it comes to content. Gone are the days that um, an audience wants to see some super crazy, like polished, scripted podcast, right? They want to see honest conversations like we're having now. They want to see someone just like come alive and be passionate and share their stories and experiences. And um, so that's really how I've grown my audience is literally like organically, which is pretty cool. Organically, but with major intention, because you really hit on something. So Oscar Wilde said, you might as well be yourself because everybody else is taken. And if you look at the juggernauts of marketing, Seth Godin, you know, um, uh, those sorts of people, one of the things that they consistently say is you, you need to be yourself because people want to know who you are. That's how they're going to connect with the brand. So how have you done this? So tell me what work week is uh, and, and how all of this works together, if you don't mind. Yeah, of course. Workweek is a new creator-first B2B media company. We're basically on a mission to reinvent the world of business media by pairing B2B creators like myself uh, or like business influencers with expert media operators to build epic brands across multiple industries, from fintech to cannabis to healthcare. So unlike traditional media companies, I get a financial share in everything that my brand touches from ads, events, to even merch when we roll that out. Watch yeah. out for that because the merch is going to be sick. Anyways, you should like want to wear things that say like what the fintech on it. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah. We're basically the, uh, one of my favorite comparisons recently on Twitter was someone said that we're like the Avengers of media because we're a team full of individuals who really do operate kind of individually with our own brands, but we're amazing solo, but when we come together, we're more successful. So we really elevate each other's brands. I'll reshare, you know, our climate tech creator and some of the things, cause you know what, that does tie into things like ESG and FinTech, right? So, um, you know, the, uh, our, our COO and founder, one of her favorite phrases is a rising boat lifts all tides. I may have said that right. A rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah, you were super close to that. So Nicole. close. I sometimes mix my metaphors a little bit. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yes. And so, um, that's kind of the uh, the thesis of work week. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's just a place where I get to be completely myself and authentic and um, where my voice in the news is elevated. And so that's kind of why I think that there's so much success because at the end of the day, we've 
the media landscape has changed to where um, you know credibility and a following isn't um, based on what institution or publication you work for. It's based on who you are and the type of audience that you attract. It's why niche audiences are so critical right now. Um, it's why so many more journalists you see leave massive publications to go independent because they can touch their audience and that um, have that human connection with them so much more. So yeah, people over institutions, basically. Gotcha. How do you do it though? I, I want to, to like pop the hood just a smidge yeah. here and talk to you about, uh, so we had Claire Aiken on, I don't know if you know Claire, uh, she is a, a marketing guru really. And one of the things that she does is she helps financial services professionals create a marketing plan. How did you create your content plan to make sure that you're reinforcing the things that you want? How much of it is like super wicked plan and how much of it is kind of extemporaneous? Yeah, a lot of it is wicked planned and uh, the planning kind of just keeps growing as work week grows and we have more operators and creators on board. Um, but it all started out actually with ensuring, even before I launched with the FinTech, I had to ensure that as a journalist, the current source pool that I had wanted to come along on the journey. And um, that's where actually a lot of, I had like a months long battle with imposter syndrome because of that, because I thought to myself, will people care about what Nicole Casperson has to write about if a big legacy publication isn't attached to her name and her byline? And luckily the answer is yes. So uh, I had to take a risk, right? And find that out for myself. And I'm glad I did. So the first thing I did was ensure that the people that were already in my corner were um, along for the new journey. And I did that by reaching out to people individually that maybe I had been close with, big sources, giving them a taste of what I was doing next. A lot of them kind of knew I was transitioning roles and launching with the FinTech even before the rest of the world did. And um, a lot of that also has to do with um, kind of keeping uh, really other business influencers in your corner. So, you know, who else is on that uh, finance influence, you know, top FinTwit list, right? That um, we have similar stories or we are like-minded and we resonate well with each other. And, you know, we fangirl over each other just like all day on Twitter. And so getting them in your corner and making them a part of that kind of core group of people that will elevate your brand um, was huge for me because they reshare my stuff. They retweet my things. They quote me. They get me more exposure. Um, you know, when someone like a Caitlin Cook from OnRamp with like, you know, t almost 20K followers on Twitter reshares my things. I mean, that's awesome. And I'm like obsessed with her. We we love her. And so um, that is also one of my tips. So make sure that the people that maybe were already there with you are along for the new journey by really reaching out to them individually. And then growing your new audience for me was a lot of um, talking to every single person I could every meeting, like even before I launched with the FinTech, every single PR person that reached out to me with another woman exact I hadn't met, I would meet with her, I would get to know her, we'd have a, a Zoom coffee, some events, some meetings even in person, um, but I would attend every single thing. Like my end of the year calendar was uh, insane, but that was how I organically grew. Uh, so those would be kind of my main tips uh, from like starting out with already an audience to like growing it exponentially and then making sure that I luckily have a brand uh, like a brand manager or content manager who helps yeah. me ensure that you know the kind of north star of my brand is always intact and that uh, we keep things uh, kind of going so that that niche kind of audience uh, 
is stays full and and uh, kind of follows along the journey. But we're ramping up a lot. Going to have you know more events, more special podcasts, uh, more sponsorships and things. So it's just going to get more exciting. A lot of our listeners are on the fence about starting a podcast, and you just highlighted a couple of things that I want to really pick your brain about the show and your technique and all of that. But marketing a podcast for what you've done with your specific niche or niche is the same thing that financial services professionals need to do with their podcast. One, they need to go to their existing contacts, right? And make sure that they're on board. We call that, you know, some of our organic marketing techniques that we have here. That way you can, you know, like the first people you need to market to is every one of your clients. Um, and then you can start creating more and more circles out uh, by using other podcasting techniques. What are some of the things that you've learned about podcasting that you think either new podcaster, even seasoned podcasters should know just so that they can have a chance to, to learn from somebody who is blown up on the scene really, really fast? Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, the first thing I did was I went and listened to the other fintech podcasts already out there. I wanted to get to know what is already on the scene, what is already resonating with people. And I wanted to make sure that I did something completely different in my, <laughs> which in my, in my stance, um, cause, cause you know, content is so oversaturated. There's so many podcasts. Everyone has a podcast, like every, you know, and, and that's perfect. Like you want that you should have a podcast cause you have to tell your story. I mean, there's a reason why so many fintechs and, and companies out there are throwing away traditional marketing strategies and replacing it with content strategies because hello, like this is your marketing and, um, to, and being authentic and sharing that story. So that's kind of what you have to do as well with your own podcast. So, you know, how are you going to um, elevate your own story and share that, but be super kind of like authentic in the approach? Uh, one of the things that you have to do in order to be successful, again, is to be yourself. And, <laughs> and as you're yourself, uh, when you're on the show and when you're interviewing people and you're doing those sorts of things, that's how you can go ahead and elevate your brand. From a podcasting execution standpoint, right. okay. how are you executing your show? Yes, yes. So it all starts out with um, picking out your dream guest list. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's exactly what I did. I laid out what do I exactly want my show to look like? And kind of coming back to my first thought, which was listening to past uh, uh, other, other fintech podcasts, I wanted to ensure that my guests looked completely different. I wanted to come in and be a brand new product. I wanted to be something you've never seen or heard before. And um, in the fintech space, being a woman and a woman of color and being my age, it wasn't so hard to be different. So I just completely leaned into that. So really lean into whatever makes you different. And I created a dream guest list. I ensured that it was representative of the uh, diversity that I wish to you know, see in fintech. And I started from there. I mean, if I go to some of the other fintech podcasts out there and I look at the guest list, it is, it's still largely male. It's yeah, male. totally. Yeah, and it's just like male after male after male. And I'm like, what do you guys do it? Like, come on. Like, there are so many amazing females out there with amazing stories. And um, some males too that don't get their... Um, platforms is elevated either that are creating crazy good products. Maybe they're international, so they don't get the you know recognition that they deserve. But anyways, so create that dream guest list and then just start kind of 
cultivating those conversations with those guests and letting them know like, hey, I'm thinking of launching a podcast or, you know, I am launching a podcast and I would absolutely love uh, to have you on as a guest. For me, it started with guest number one. I really wanted to pack a punch. And so I completely intentionally sought after Lule Demissi, CEO of eToro US, because I had already had a nice relation, relationship with her previously. But then, you know, I just couldn't think of anyone else who would be more representative and embody what my podcast was to represent. So I launched with that and then kind of just went off from there. Um, so being intentional about your guest list and then um, after that, it's kind of curating, you know, what is your podcast strategy going to be? Are you going to do more of a John Oliver style where it's very scripted and you, you know, produ highly produced in parts of uh, the guest quotes? Is it going to be more authentic and, uh, you know, common conversation like this where you're, you know, kind of just picking the brain of your guests like we are now? Mm. Um, so you have to then decide how you exactly want the, the podcast to actually go. And I would cater that to what you do best. So I'm a journalist, I interview best and relate to people best. So that's why I went with the way I do it. And we found that it has to be you, right? And I, I just, that's so fantastic. And I'm so glad that you, that you said that because, um, highlighting your own skill set is really the best. And Nicole, one of the things that I have said, uh, to a lot of people who have, uh, pushed back on, our style, which is a conversation interview style, uh, which is exactly what you do for what the FinTech. Um, and they'll say to me, no, Matt, you know what I, I want to do? I want to do a 20 minute show of just a brain dump. And I say, did Oprah ever do that? <laughs> like what? Like did, did, did Phil Donahue ever do that? Did, did Ellen ever do that? No, they always have guests. It's never about them, but it still is about them. And I think that your show has been, a, a kind of a shining light of emulating that beautiful, what we consider a beautiful formula. Not everybody would agree with me, but yeah. I love the fact that it's still positioning you as the expert, but the show's not about you. Th this one is, <laughs> which, you know, I always joke with uh, my fellow podcasters. That it's way easier for me to be on this side of the mic than oh that side gosh, of the mic. But yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so as we kind of wrap up today, I, I do want to dive in just a little bit more deeply on your podcast tips. Because you said that you created this dream list of, of clients or, or people to be guests on your show. I'm sorry. Um, how'd you ask them? Because we get that question a lot. Like advisors will say to us, well, well Matt, uh, how do I even begin the process of asking a local celebrity or a local sports team or somebody who, ha who already has a large audience to be on my show? Uh, how did you do that? Yeah, well, there's like two things. One, if you have a prior relationship already, then I would simply just ask like, hey, do you have a minute to catch up? I'm thinking of launching something new. And then hop on that Zoom call, have that video call, meet in person if you can, and you know, catch up, be a human, let them know what's going on with you in your life, ask them how their day is, um, and then tell them what you know, you're doing and then make a plan of attack uh, you know, given their schedule, right? Because, right, these like local celebrities, like Alule Demissi, she was so hard to nail down in her schedule. It doesn't it doesn't matter how much they love you. If their schedule's crazy, their schedule's crazy. And then from there, you that that's what you do with that. But if you have, um, you know, a dream guest that maybe you don't have a relationship with yet, then you either need to 
find out who their you know PR firm is, and yeah. that's also a great way because their PR person is going to be a little bit more accessible. Um, I have the advantage of being a journalist, so I have a lot of PR contacts. So, um, but if you don't, then it's literally just reaching out directly and not being afraid. The worst thing that they can say is no, and the likelihood of that is rare for the most part people love podcasts they want to share their stories they want to be on a show they want to yeah i don't really say no to any podcast i i join them all i mean um and so yeah so it's really just getting around the scheduling aspect of it so if you're scared um the least they can do is say no but if the but really what's more than likely to happen is their schedule is just going to be a little bit hectic so you just need to plan out you know i had a backup if lule wasn't going to be my kickoff um, uh, episode, which I would have been so sad about, and I'm glad we made it work. I had a backup person ready, um, just in case. So it's good to kind of cover your, your bases like that. And, uh, that way you're always prepared for whatever happens, but don't be scared. That's, that's like a rule of journalism too. in any, any content creation, the least someone can do is say no. And then you just hit them up later. (laughs) Well, and as, uh, I don't know if you've seen Ted Lasso, but, uh, you know, there's Trent Krim from the independent, right? He always says from the independent and, and as an, as an ex journalist, you had that, right. You know, you were from investment news, you were from wealth management, you were from financial planning, you were from the wall street journal. You like all of these, that's kind of like that badge. And when you're on, on your own, you feel a little bit more naked, but I like the courage component that you're talking about there. And I'd also like to reinforce with the audience that no today doesn't mean no forever. So keep them on your hot list. Uh, because that's just the way to go. You're going to continue to grow the exposure of your show by bringing those people on who have larger audiences, who you are fangirling over, who you are a huge fan of. And that does come across very well in the show. One of the other things, Nicole, that I have said um, is I will generally say, look, this isn't gotcha journalism. Like my job is to pull out your brilliance and make you look great. Um, I never want to uh, make it so that you are like, oh, I didn't want to answer that question, right? I want to make sure that you're excited about being on the show because that's what makes what we believe is a great show. Okay, so here's the uh, here's my favorite part. Um, what should I have asked you? Ooh, I do want to add, speaking of like hot, I was going to mention in my podcast process, like when you're developing your podcast, Hot Ones is my biggest inspiration. It's a show on YouTube with Sean Evans. I think Sean Evans is one of the most talented interviewers um, around. And I actually do, we don't have hot wings on What the FinTech, but I'm thinking about incorporating food somehow one day. Um, But I do go into my interviews with a deep understanding of who my guest is, um, which is exactly what you said, right? This isn't gotcha journalism. I'm not asking, I'm not trying to just like create a clickbaity headline. I'm trying to kick off the conversation, already cutting through the noise of that surface level conversation of who are you and what are you doing and cut, go right to the meat and potatoes. I want to go right into talking about who you are, like who your values or what your values are. Um, let's talk about the, um, you know, tried and true trends of the industry that's really making the world tick as opposed to what's on your product robot next. Like, let's, you know, step away from like the conference type panel boring discussion and go right into, you know, what is making a fintech leaders 
um, that's focused on innovation and inclusion, um, what's making their, their heads tick? You know, what's, what are they looking for next? And what are they thinking about? Because if that's what they're thinking about, then the evolving audience is probably also thinking about it. If, or if anything, that FinTech operator leaders like 10 step ahead. So um, yeah, I, I do like to incorporate that. And then the last thing I would say is towards the end of the show, I do like to also talk about lifestyle from uh, what keeps a CEO balanced in life to what helps them maybe combat those things like imposter syndrome and keeping their mental health in check. I think that's super important in our line of work uh, to have those stories shared as well. So yeah, my one of my favorite examples is, um, I, it, it's actually going back to Lule. She said that what she does is she doesn't want to hit her hit uh, her pillow at night feeling like she um, is angry or having, you know, major regrets. So anytime she has like a call that maybe just didn't go the way she wanted, she'll uh, maybe like take a step away. She'll go turn on like a favorite song of the day or like some sort of music or a record or something. And she'll just kind of like dance it off in the hallway. And then she'll come back and say, okay, let me move forward. So things like that are also nice to hear from big leaders or like local celebrities in the space. I believe that podcasting allows the humanness to really come out in a way that regular broadcast journalism just isn't because we have more flexibility. We don't have an agenda generally, uh, right. And a lot of us who are hosts, uh, we live for this, right? I love meeting new people. I love people. I love what you've shared with our audience today. I'm so grateful that you took time. I know that you're crazy busy. So I'm so grateful that you took time to, to spend some time with us and our audience today. So I am sure uh, that people are going to want to connect with you, Nicole. So what is the best way for them to connect with you? And what sort of stuff should they be interacting with that you produce? Yeah, of course. Uh, best way to connect with me is following me on Twitter. I am very active on there. I like to joke with my parents that I left my corporate jobs to play on Twitter all day. Um, it's not entirely, it's not not true. Um, but so Twitter is a great way at Nicole Casperson, just my name. And um, also, you can go to workweek.com and click on the What the Fintech uh, link, and you will be able to sign up for my newsletter and find my podcast. I'm always promoting it as well. And yeah, actually, my podcast is on all your favorite podcast platforms, so you can tune into it there. It's spelled WT Fintech question mark because we like to keep brand names fun and spicy. Um, but yeah, so that's the best way to connect with me. But Twitter all the way. You can catch gotcha. me on Bird app. And we will make sure that we have all of those links into our show notes. So, so Nicole, thank you so much for taking time with us today. Thank you for doing what you're doing. And I wish you absolutely all the success in the world. Thank you. Thank you so much, Matt. And actually, the thing I would also say is um, the thankfulness. Do that at the end of your podcast, because that does mean a lot um, to thank your guests for, for their time and because we are all so busy. So thank you again. Yeah. Yeah. And time is that one thing that we don't ever get any more of. So I am really grateful for that. All right, everybody, if you have not subscribed to our show, please make sure that you do. Uh, giving us a quick review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to us would be fantastic. And most importantly, uh, please make sure that you check out the Pod Rocket Academy. Uh, we just launched this. We're super excited about it. If you want to know how to accelerate your influence, or if you have somebody on your team who can help you accelerate your influence, joining the uh, Proudmouth uh, Academy here, the Pod Rocket 
Market Academy is only going to make it so that you are going to be more successful from stopping selling from skeptics and truly having fans buy from you. Uh, it is a game changer and it's free. So just go ahead and click that link and we'd love to see you in the Academy. So for Nicole and all of us here at Proudmouth, this is Matt Halloran and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the PodRocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.